Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. Uh, today we have with us a dear friend of ours and a dear friend of the uh, World Prayer Network family. He's been with us several times, uh, Matt Staver. He is a senior pastor, founder, and chairman of Liberty Council, chairman of Liberty Council Action, Faith and Liberty, National Pro-Life Center, uh, as well as Salt and Light Council and several other organizations. Uh, Matt has um, argued and filed briefs in many federal state courts, including the U.S. Supreme Court with three landmark cases, um, Shartleff versus City of Boston, Matson versus Women's Health Center, McCreary County versus ACLU of Kentucky. Matt, it's great to see you. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Mario. And thank you, everyone. And it's good to be here. And um, I really want to ask for your prayers for our men and women in the armed services and the services all over the United States, because that's what I want to share about tonight. And we can have some time for some Q&A that I think some of you uh, military families or those that no military families know about. Um, what is happening is a tragedy. It is abusive. Um, on February 22, we know of another individual who committed suicide because of the pressure due to these COVID shop mandates. It's not the first one, uh, but we know personally of several. Uh, first one was just a few days before Christmas, and one was on February 22. One of our chaplains that are plaintiffs in the case uh, performed that memorial service. So he and his wife, the deceased, um, and his uh, wife were both members of the military. The chaplain was a friend of theirs who's our plaintiff. And um, he counseled them because of the pressure that they were under. So it, it's unbearable what these men and women are going through. Um, but let me just share something that just happened recently in a court hearing uh, just about two weeks ago. We were in uh, Tampa for another day-long hearing. It's our third day-long hearing in this case. We have a lawsuit against all the branches of the military and the Department of Defense to stop the COVID shot mandates because of religious freedom. Uh, many are objecting because of their sincerely held religious beliefs uh, that they either don't want to get a COVID shot that would defile their bodies and inject something into their bodies that um, they don't want and that would be contrary to God's direction for them or and or um, because specifically it, all of them are associated with aborted fetal cells in the development and or testing phase. So on this particular hearing, we had, uh, we've got two uh, individuals that we have injunctions for. These are individuals who are gonna be discharged and literally um, disciplined on February two and three. We got preliminary injunctions for them. That's uh, being challenged by the Department of Defense. Uh, but these individuals now have a protective court order. Uh, we're moving to get that same kind of protection for all the men and women in all the six branches of the military, which includes the Space Force as well. When we were at the hearing, uh, we had some dramatic things that took place. Dr. Uh, Teresa Long, she's a Lieutenant Colonel in the United States Army. She has been in ROTC since 16, enlisted at age 17, is a medical doctor, a flight surgeon. She works uh, quite extensively with young pilots and student pilots and other pilots. And she uh, gives them various tests and medical along with others as well. 
She's also an expert in um, public health. She requests, she was um, asked to do a master's in public health as part of her military training. She did, and she actually worked uh, on what's called the DMED or the uh, Defense uh, Military Epidemiology Database, DMED for short. That is the database that includes all of the medical treatment for all the men and women of the military. And she began seeing in her practice of treating military uh, men and women that they were having increased neurological conditions, pericarditis, heart conditions, heart attacks, chest pains, myocarditis, and many, many other symptoms as well, including sterilization, uh, abortions, spontaneous abortions, miscarriages, and so forth of that nature. And she began to do research in the database. Uh, she compared 2021 to the previous five years to see if her suspicions and the suspicions of other doctors would be borne out in this database that they were seeing these unusual situations. Uh, for uh, some doctors, it's a once in a lifetime scenario to see one myocarditis scenario of a patient. And yet they're seeing multiple cases of myocarditis, a very, very unusual events, certain kinds of neurological conditions that they never see or rarely see were very prevalent in 2021 after the release of the shots. So she looked at 2021, compared them to previous five years, she found startling results, about a thousand percent increase in neurological conditions and hundreds and hundreds of percent increase in uh, miscarriages, uh, other kinds of uh, heart conditions, neurological, and other kinds of uh, cancers as well that were taking place that were just unusual. So she presented this information to Senator Ron Johnson, a Senator of Wisconsin, and that was uh, presented on January 24, 2022. She is now a protected whistleblower. On the evening before this hearing, she got a call from the commander. It was in the afternoon, about three o'clock, that the commander was going to talk to her at five o'clock that day. We were in a conference room preparing at this hotel for the testimony the next day. Uh, she went out and took the call at five o'clock when her commander came and uh, called at that time. She uh, came back. She was very distraught. She began to break down. She says, I don't know if I can do this uh, anymore. I don't know how much I can do this. They're, they're wanting me to not say anything. She had been ordered not to say anything about uh, the information that she had discovered for which she was an expert. Um, they were threatening that if she did, she would be punished. And uh, when she said that this is witness tampering, in fact, that it was also interfering with a protected whistleblower, um, the commander said, this command is coming from someone higher than me, which obviously is a general or above that could be at least a general or the secretary of defense or even higher than that but it was higher than a commander. It was at least at the general level. We went to the uh, hearing, we prayed about it. We went to the hearing on the next day. I asked her different questions and her testimony was powerful. When I asked her a particular question regarding this database, which I, I knew she was ordered not to respond to, she said that she had been ordered not to respond or answer that question. Uh, the judge asked, ordered by who? And she started to explain the situation. The judge then asked me to uh, explain that. I did. I read the order that she had received. I went through what had happened the night before that she was intimidated. She felt threatened, even threatened for her very life. And then I asked her this question. I said, Dr. Long, the information that you want to testify to that the Department of Defense doesn't want you to speak about today, is that something that you believe is helpful and relevant to this court to hear? She said, yes. 
I paused and I said, why? Dr. Long paused. She looked at the judge. She held back tears as she began to speak. And it was powerful as she began. And the words that she began was this. I have so many soldiers being destroyed by this vaccine. Not a single member of my senior command has discussed my concerns with me. I have nothing to gain and everything to lose by talking about it. I'm okay with that because I'm watching people get absolutely destroyed. She also testified that based on her research, there were more uh, men and women in the military that have died from the COVID shots than have died from COVID itself. And that's a fact, it's indisputable. We know that from the data. We know that from the data that the military has given us with regards to the number of COVID deaths. We know that from the data with regards to the number of COVID deaths recorded in the VAERS database. It is indisputable. More people have died from the COVID shot in the military than have died from COVID itself, which is a startling revelation in and of itself. Another doctor testified that day. His name is Dr. Peter Chambers. He's a Lieutenant Colonel also in the United States Army. He is uh, approaching 40 years. 40 years will be 2023. He wanted to be able to reach 40 years before he retired. Unfortunately, he's not going to reach 40 years. He will be medically retired this coming May because of the situation that he experienced. This is an individual who is a Purple Heart recipient. Um, he was uh, shot in Afghanistan. He was riding in a Humvee with other soldiers. He is one of six Green Beret medical doctors in the entire world. This man is a Green Beret and he's a medical physician as well. He's a Christian as well as Dr. Long is a Christian. He's riding in this Humvee. Uh, Hallertzer um, exploded underneath this uh, vehicle, blew it up, uh, killed the other people except for him and the driver. The driver was seriously injured. He got out to try to help the driver out. He took a round from an AK-47 and his left arm went through the arm up into the chest and lodged in his rib cage. Fortunately, it did not puncture his heart because the velocity was uh, um, resisted by the flesh that it already had uh, gone through. He carried the, um, the driver out to safety. He got him evacuated, but he died in the hospital. The only survivor was Dr. Peter Chambers. Laying in the hospital the next day as he is recovering from this wound and the tragedy of what just happened the day before, he's questioning, should he continue on? But he continued on. Why? Because he loves God and he loves this country. And he continued to serve there. He has a dog that he brought home from a friend of his who uh, is a bomb sniffing dog. Um, his handler was blown up by a landmine. Um, the dog found the landmine, but it was too late for this individual. He was positioned in another place. The dog was injured. The handler was killed. The dog came back just to understand what these people go through. This dog rode back on the airplane. He recognized and he knew, according to Pete Chambers, Dr. Chambers, that his handler was in that coffin draped with the United States flag. They were going to retire the dog. Dr. Chambers adopted the dog, and that dog is with him every single moment of the day, 24-7. Uh, he has taken 41 jumps out of an airplane. He is an incredible uh, soldier uh, in the military. Uh, it's, it's an amazing set of men and women that serve our country and that love God. So he trusted the government. He had taken all the vaccines in the past. Unfortunately, he didn't do his own research. He just trusted the government. They said it was safe and effective. He believed them because 
That's what they do. They fight, they trust. And he believed it was safe and effective. He took the Moderna shot. Now he has demyelinization disease. That's why he will never reach his 40th year. Demyelinization is a condition. It was caused directly by the Moderna shot, according to the neurosurgeon that is treating him and the MRIs that confirm it. He has various kinds of conditions that he now suffers from, from which he never had before. And these occurred directly after the Moderna shot. He knows personally that they're neither safe nor they're effective. He, in fact, uh, said that um, this is like, um, when he testified, this is like a, an electrical cord and you melt off the plastic around the electrical cord, you have the bare wire. The mylon is the, is the protective coating of your nerves. And when that disintegrates as what happens in demyelinization, what happens is your, your nerves short circuit and they misfire. And so that's what happens to him. This is a progressive condition and it's not gonna get any better for Dr. Chambers. So he will be retiring uh, in May of this year with a medical disability. He still is actually working on the Southern border as best he can. He protects our Southern border. He told me that men and women are, are, are dying. Men and women are, are suffering injuries from this shot. He's one who has experienced a particular injury himself. He also says that because of the pressure he knows of individuals who have committed suicide or who are considering suicide. He also says the shots are not effective. He said that if you'd look at 100% of the people of the men and women on the military that are on the Southern border who are getting infected with COVID and they're getting exposed to all kinds of people crossing the border. 15% of those are unvaccinated. Of the 100%, 15% make up uh, the 100% that are unvaccinated getting COVID. 85% of those that are getting COVID on the border are not only vaxxed, but they're boosted. So those that are vaxxed and as well boosted, uh, they're getting COVID at a much, much, much higher rate than those who are unvaxxed and uh, sometimes even worse. So they both testified what was happening in the military, that they're neither safe, they're not effective, that there's other ways to deal with COVID, than the mandatory vaccine, that it actually undermines rather than helps military readiness, and it's destroying the morale of the military. It's a purge of the military, particularly of men and women who love God and love this country. So this is what's happening, and um, I just want you to kind of get a glimpse of what these men and women are facing every day, because we're now working with over 900 men and women in all branches of the military, and the denials are coming in every day. Uh, this evening, in fact, we're filing a uh, another request for temporary restraining orders against additional individuals who are coming up for discipline tomorrow, tomorrow, and the rest of this week on Friday as well, and early next week. So pray for them. Um, it is um, the most um, abusive thing that I've seen, most disrespectful thing that I've seen, and I think that undermines our military. It's hurting our men and women in the military. Those who succumbed to the shots because of the pressure, even though they had similar religious convictions. And by the way, Dr. Chambers said, had he done his own research and he knew that they were neither safe nor effective, and had he known uh, the association with the aborted fetal cell, for both of those reasons, he would have never taken the shot. He just didn't know. He just trusted what he was told. So pray for these men and women because there are thousands and thousands and thousands of them just like this. And some of them are like Dr. Chambers, like Dr. Long, like me, many others, uh, like the commander of a Navy surface warship that testified, one of our plaintiffs, uh, an incredible young man 
who's commanded a surface Navy warship, a $1.8 billion uh, high-tech warship that they want to e eject him from the military because of his religious convictions not to get the shot. Uh, pray for them and, and pray that we have uh, Judge Stephen Maraday. He's our judge in Tampa. And it's the only case that has a class action request for all the branches of the military. It's called Navy SEAL 1 versus Austin, and there's more people in both the plaintiffs and the defendants. But the judge is Meriday, Stephen Meriday. He's been a good judge so far, but he needs to go to the next step, and he needs to give that protection to every single person in the military to stop this purge and to stop this destructive uh, effort in the military. I'm concerned even by those who voluntarily got it or who felt coerced and they compromised their religious conviction. I'm concerned about those because... Certainly those that compromise, what we're now seeing is that they feel dirty. They feel like they've let God down. And that's another whole issue to deal with. But all of those individuals, uh, what we're seeing is these conditions are progressive. And I'll just end on this. One of the things that we have discovered with regards to the COVID shots is the um, interference with your innate immune system. And that's the reason why you're seeing rapid onsets of cancer subsequent to uh, COVID shots. These are individuals who never had cancer before, develop a cancer after the shot, and it rapidly progresses. And the reason is, is because the particularly the mRNA combined with the uh, lipid nanoparticle, which is the envelope, if you will, carrying case, if you will, that carries the RNA into the body ultimately interferes among other things with your innate immune system and um, suppresses it against things such as cancer and other kinds of diseases. So those people who actually have it, I think it's weakening our military in so many ways. So I just wanna open that up. And I know you may have some questions um, that a uh, few people may already have presented that I know you want to, to ask. So I'll, I'll do that right now and, and then we can go into prayer. But it is um, a burden on our heart, and um, I think about these people all the time. They're always on my heart. So I pray that you will lift these people up. And they're all over the world, by the way. Uh, there are people, for example, that are in Korea um, that want to come home and visit their families, but because they submitted a religious exemption request, they are locked in their scenario where they are. They can't go forward. They can't go backward. There's no end in sight. There's no termination. They are doing unbelievable things to pressure these individuals um, to violate their will. They're engaging in psychological pressure as well. They're taking high-ranking people and sticking them in a, a room with no, nothing there. I mean, it's something like we would do to, you know, we wouldn't even want to do this to torture prisoners of, of war, but that's what they're doing. They're putting them in, in rooms uh, away from computers, anything, they can't do anything. They have to clock into work. They have to sit in a room. Some of them, we have one of our clients has to sit in a room all day. A high ranking military individual sits in a room all day and goes home. They check on him once in a while to make sure he's not doing anything. Um, it's, you know, I could go on and on about the specific instances, but I hope you get the idea God knows what they're doing and what they're dealing with and uh, just ask for your prayers.
Oh, you're muted, Mario. You probably know that. Okay. Did you have some questions that you wanted to address? I do. If you, uh, while Mario's figuring that out, do you want me to go ahead to ask a, a, some written questions I have? See if he can do that. Okay, a couple some military families have, have asked these questions, and I'm not an attorney, and you probably understand these questions better than I do. But <clears throat> the first one is: Is there a legal course of action for refusing the vaccine once separated for administrative reasons under general honorable discharge? Because this actually impacts future civilian jobs. Well, there is, and we're trying to um, get the resolution before you're uh, uh, separated. Um, some people, however, have refused the vaccine or the shots, um, and they haven't submitted either a medical or a religious exemption request. They just don't want it. They said they don't want it. They're processing those people out right now. So if you're in that category that has not submitted an exemption, it's going to be more difficult. No one yet that I know of that has submitted a religious exemption has been yet processed out. They're in the process of being processed out. Uh, but, and it depends upon your seniority. If you're more senior, it's going to take a few months to literally process you out. If you're junior, uh, that processing is going to happen much, much uh, more rapidly. But we're trying to prevent the point of no return, so to speak, so that you don't have to get put back in. Uh, we don't want you to get processed out. So that's what we're doing with this injunction to stop it and to reverse uh, everything that's happened. Okay. Mario, do you want me to go on with the questions yeah. or are you able to? Yeah, I apologize. Uh, I was on able to get on. Go ahead with your questions, Judy, and then I'll go into mine. Okay. The second one has to do with uh, emergency authorization use, the EAU. Yeah. It says service members do not have to receive an EAU vaccine unless waived by the president. For commands requiring EAU vaccines, the Department of um, Defense Secretary of Secretary of Defense came out with a memorandum stating military members must take the FDA approved vaccine and can voluntarily receive the EAU vaccines. Commanders are requiring service members take the EAU vaccine and the FDA one is not available. Is the commander's order a lawful order? There is no FDA vaccines available. So how are they breaking the law? And what legal advice can you give? And then a follow-up question was, how should a service member respond when told they are not obeying this order? Uh, and I, I'll tell you how the commander responded. And he asked that very question. He did the religious accommodation request. It was uh, denied, went up to appeal, it was denied. He was ordered by the Commodore to go get the shot. He went to the clinic just to satisfy that. Uh, he went to the clinic, he asked, and he wasn't going to get it, but he asked, do you have the FDA approved? They said, oh, yes, we consider them interchangeable. Said, no, do you have the FDA approved? Do you have Cominardi? Uh, and this was before the, um, the Moderna one uh, was uh, approved. Do you have the FDA approved? 
Oh, well, we consider them. No, it says, do you have the FDA approved? No, we don't have co-minority. Let me see what's on the vial. It's EAU. EAU specifically says that it is uh, voluntary. You're, you're exactly right. So he says, well, I, I'm not going to take it because that's voluntary and uh, you don't have any EAU. He went also to another uh, hospital, Naval Hospital, same thing. There is no FDA approved vaccine, whether it's Cominarty or whether it's Spikevax uh, with Moderna, it's not available. And that comes directly from the FDA, the CDC and the drug manufacturers themselves. They are not producing it, it's not available. It is not the same thing. Um, but the military is doing this shell game that says, well, it's just interchangeable. They're using some FDA language that it's interchangeable. But the FDA language is, um, I think, meant to confuse people. The FDA language, when you look at it, says that it's interchangeable for purposes of safety and efficacy testing or results. What that means is that they're relying upon the old clinical trials with regards to the quote safety and efficacy trials so that the new ones don't have to go through all of the new trials uh, and testing. Uh, because if they did, you'd have all this accumulated additional evidence, there would be no way they would get approved. So that's why they're saying that, but it's not the same thing. Uh, we actually have had testimony, Dr. Robert Malone, the inventor of the mRNA platform, not the actual vaccines, but the platform, who was opposed to these mRNA vaccines, by the way. We have a thorough declaration from him under oath that there is no uh, uh, FDA approved vaccine available. We have uh, doctors who have testified that there's none. We have our clients who have testified that they actually asked for it, there is none. It is an unlawful order because the uh, August 24 Secretary of Defense uh, letter from Lloyd Austin says that exactly what you said, uh, the non-approved or voluntary, the approved can be mandated, but only the approved, but there is no approved available. So it is an unlawful order to force any of these. We are litigating that it's part of our, our lawsuit and that would protect everybody, whether you have a religious or medical based reason or no reason at all to uh, reject these uh, COVID shots. And by the way, the president can't, uh, the president in the past, like Bush waived the EUA for anthrax because that was considered a biological weapon. The president cannot waive this because it doesn't meet any criteria. That's the reason why Biden has not attempted to waive it because there is no legal authority for the president to waive it. It is not, uh, does not fit the statutory definition to allow the president to waive it. So the only way you would be able to have this is if you had a literal FDA approved shot available, you still have the medical, you still have the religious objections to it, um, but that's the only way you'd be able to have it. Um, and that's just not available. Well, I have one more question. That's, com that's complex for sure. Is there a possibility that the EAU nasal swab test exemptions will be accepted? The military and feds continue to require weekly testing. And then they go on to know how much longer you thought the class action is, is called. You may understand that a little bit more. But. 
Yeah, let me take the last one first. The class action, we're hoping and expecting a ruling to come down any moment from the judge, uh, Judge Stephen Meriday. And I thought we would have one last week. He's been definitely contemplating it. We've talked about it many times. So just pray that we get it. And um, the, the DOD is not doing themselves a favor how they're acting very belligerent and, and frankly, that they're above the law. They really don't think that they have to abide by any of these federal laws, even the First Amendment or the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. That's not sitting very well with Judge Meriday. But pray that he actually issues it and it should come down any moment. Um, the TRO that we're filing tonight with a number of different people uh, is designed to try to not only protect them, but to get the judge to move forward because these things are coming like a freight train at this point. The other part of the question, can you repeat that? Because I didn't quite understand it. Well, I'll read what's written. Is there a possibility that the EAU nasal swab test exemptions will be accepted? The military and feds continue to require weekly testing. If the question is whether the nasal swabs would actually be a substitute for vaccination, um, the the, the problem, yeah, I, I think I think the military is not going to do that. Uh, I mean, that's another, if you look at what happened before the COVID shots were available, and then you look at what happened before August 24, before the mandates, uh, every branch of the military has risk protocols and every branch managed and they were able to carry on their mission with regards to COVID, even when we didn't know much about COVID. You know, social distancing, PPE, other kinds of things, isolation, quarantine, when you got uh, certain conditions, treatment, when you got COVID and so forth, we we're able to carry on the mission. So we can do that. Um, obviously testing and, and for deployment, you, you did testing, you did isolation or quarantine and, and before you went on a, a deployment. Um, there's no reason why you can't do that again. And we've actually presented that kind of information and the judge has actually uh, been very attentive to that information. With regards to having the nasal swabs, if that's the question, substitute for these shots. Uh, as reasonable as a, a lot of these alternative uh, options are, the military is focused on one thing, universal vaccination with the COVID shots and absent that total discharge not only discharge, but punishment to the point of paying back educational costs and training costs, which can be in the millions of dollars. Um, and that is discharge without honor. That was gonna be dishonorable discharge until the Congress passed a law toward the end of last year that says you can't do that. You can't dishonorably discharge these people. So they're going to the next uh, level, which would be discharge without honor. Uh, that's the that's the threats that we're saying that's we're seeing. So if that's the question, I don't think the military they're unreasonable, and I don't think they're going to use the nasal swabs as a substitute. Okay, thank Not you. until a court tells them mm -hmm. universally for everybody that they have to obey the law. And then for intercessors, I'd like to spell the judge's last name so we make sure we have the correct name, <clears throat> Judge Stephen. And you want to Mary Day, M-E-R-R-Y-D-A-Y, Mary Day, like Mary Day. Got it. Okay, that'll help them. They like specifics. So thank you for answering those questions and certainly expands the burden yeah. for the military as we yeah. pray for them. Matt, I have a few questions. Um, you had alluded to it. I think you mentioned it last time. Um, this appears to be one of their focuses would be to to get the Christians out of the military, 
knowing that Christians and conservatives are the ones mostly having an objection. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, that's that's good. I mean, there's a few that are not Christians that might have an objection for religious reason, but 99 plus percent of them are Christians. They're sincere Christians and um, they're mocking Christians. Uh, we, we've seen things that are mocking Christianity. We've seen things that are mocking religious exemptions. It is very anti-Christian what's happening. And last year, Mario, Secretary Austin, uh, after he was confirmed, he was asked by the Senate because he had made a comment about purging the military. I think this is exactly what he's doing. How are they able? I mean, obviously, the incidences, uh, the uh, death rate, everything is going down right now. How are they able for the military? And is there a similar pressure uh, for mandates or the vaccine among civilians? How are they able to justify that um, when it looks like we're over the, the, the main part of the COVID? Yeah, if you take a comparison, look at United uh, Airways, uh, United Airlines. Uh, they were the first airline that issued uh, the mandate for its employees. And this was before Biden issued the mandate on federal contractors and other employees, employers. They did it on their own. And uh, they, they were ready to kick pilots and you know, skilled people all the way from pilots down to everybody else out and to put them on unpaid leave um, and force them to get the COVID shots or they put them on unpaid leave. Uh, now what has happened is they found that, you know what, they need these people. And uh, by the way, whether you mask, whether you do PPE, whether you do the shots or not, you have a bell curve. It's just natural. It's historic. It's all over the world. Uh, you, can, you can do nothing and the bell curve is going to be exactly the same. Now, bell curve starts off with whatever variant, the wild version, the Delta, uh, Omicron, you know, whatever it may be, starts off, it peaks and it goes down. We're on the opposite side. We're on the downside of, of Omicron, as everyone knows. Um, and, and even Hawaii has uh, removed its, the last state to remove its uh, masking requirement. So United actually realized, well, you know, this was a decision where we need people and the, um, we're on the downside of Omicron. So let's hire uh, a number of these people back. So they're bringing them back. And that's what's happening in a lot of the private sector. Not all, but a lot of the private sector are starting to um, regret what they did um, and, need, and know that they need these people and they're hiring the people back that they terminated or they put on permanent leave of absence. The military is just completely the opposite. Uh, and we've actually argued this um, uh, and the judges actually pointed it out that one, this, uh, even with the vaccine, it's not effective against Omicron. That's a given. We know that. I mean, Jen Zaki's been uh, vaxxed and boosted, and now she's got COVID for the second time. It's just not effective in preventing uh, Omicron, for sure. That's universally recognized. Uh, and number two, we're on the upper, the downside of Omicron. Um, so you would think that they would release some of these restrictions, but they're not backing down, because I think Logically, they should. Logically, they should. Why would you want to kick out people that are 18, 20, 25 years um, with experience at the very top of the skill? 
Um, and I think there's a bigger agenda there. I think there's always been a bigger agenda, and that is the purging. And, and that's why this is so dangerous. Um, and so what some of the people that we're talking to, these are people who are lifelong military uh, and some of their family were military. So they're second, third generation military. You ask them uh, what they think about the military. They always recommend going to the military. Now, even Dr. Chambers told me his son's in ROTC and he's recommending to his son, hold off. It's not, it's not the time to go in the military. It's not good right now. These men and women are saying, hold off. Don't go in the military. Uh, they're doing the same thing with all the, the, all the academies, West Point, the Naval Academy. They're not even letting you get in the door. Or if you get in the door, they're kicking you out. So all the people coming through the Naval Academy, they're going to go through this process. It's a huge cleansing, or I should say, not a cleansing. Uh, it's a huge purging. So it's a very serious situation. And I think that's why they're not backing off. Um, I just want to ask off topic, um, your, your, your sense with the war now, um, it, it appears that the control in general, obviously in the militaries, they're still holding on with this COVID uh, to be able to control us. Do you, what do you see just generally with the administration's actions, attitudes towards the uh, Putin's invasion of Ukraine and other things that they're looking to utilize all that ultimately to get back into controlling uh, the citizens. Do you have a comment on that? Yeah, I think uh, I'm very concerned with what I've seen with regards to what's happening within the military and the upper echelon, the top, top echelon uh, that are going to get to that position because of political um, connections or appointments. Um, and what I'm hearing from men and women in the military all across is that there's this top level tier uh, and it's, it's above the, the, it's above, it's, it's above the Lieutenant Colonel, above the Colonel, it's at a certain level. And there's some really good people up there high, but there's this tier um, and they have been developed over a, a period of years through the Obama administration, now through Biden and it is a very concerning trend that we're seeing within the military that um, is very controlling, um, is very political, um, and is frankly anti-scientific and really ignores the science and common sense and logic. And really some of those are anti-Christian. Um, and when you combine that with the person in the White House right now and what's happening not only in Ukraine, but in Iran and, and Russia. Um, I think it is a very, very concerning time in our country uh, with regards to what may be lying ahead and what this uh, administration is planning, um, because it wants total control and in total, I frankly, I believe, annihilation of any opposing Christian worldview. Uh, and there's no sympathy at all for it. And I think there's a concerted agenda uh, to um, trample upon it. And we're seeing that firsthand with what's happening to our men and women in the military. These are some of the most honorable people. Um, I have been so incredibly moved and impressed by these people that we have come in contact with and the way that they're being treated and uh, the illogical nature of this is stunning. Just a quick follow-up, my last question. 
from what you're hearing, the people you're dealing with, do you think these top-level political uh, focused pe uh, people or even our administration want to trigger World War III? Can you guess on that? I don't, I, I wouldn't be able to guess on that. Um, I have become concerned by what I've seen um, about um, a broader military coercion of our own people. Um, I don't know how that would play out, but I have developed a lot of questions in my mind about how much that, um, you know, how that, how much that top tier can be trusted. You know, you would think that we would never have something like that in our country, but you would think that we would never have some of the things that we're experiencing like this, that we've been experiencing that we're experiencing right now. And here we are. Um, so I'm, I'm very concerned about this top level getting a directive from Biden, for example, and following it without question because they agree with it. And there's nobody that's willing to stand up and say this is wrong. Let me read you this. And this is, this is from our commander while he was on the stand. This is just a little excerpt from what he said, but it's really powerful. And it goes to what I'm talking about. He said um, it was a dramatic monologue that he gave about the problems that we're facing in the military with this and that we're repeating the same history the same history that we had with regards to integration of the military, people that opposed it said it would undermine good order and discipline. People now say, well, if you don't take this shot for religious reasons, it's going to undermine good order and discipline. Then he said this, generals and admirals should be here saying what I'm saying today to uphold religious freedom. Our religious freedom are being attacked. And he went on to expound on that. And he said, I shouldn't be the one here in this courtroom. Shouldn't be me defending religious freedom. The generals and the admirals, they ought to be here. Where are they? Where are they? And I'm concerned that a domino effect at a certain level, because of any kind of command that comes from Biden would not be questioned. You know, you, you think about why are these why are some top generals in Putin's uh, regime not questioning the genocide that's happening? Obviously, it's clear. Why are they not pushing back? But I think we have the same kind of mentality in the very top echelon that has uh, percolated there over the last several years. And, and that's really concerning because each one of these have an oath to the United States Constitution, not to president uh, in the White House but to the United States Constitution. Um, that's, they take an oath to defend that against uh, enemies foreign and domestic. And, and I'm concerned that that Constitution could be overridden by simple directive and that people would follow it without any question because they agree with it and because it just won't question and the top level won't stand up. Thank you so much, Matt. Let, let me pray for you, and then we're going to go into prayer. Uh, you're free to go at any time after that if you need to. Okay. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for Matt and Liberty Council. Father, standing on the front lines, Lord, we pray for your supernatural protection over him, his family, the attorneys, his firm. 
We decree and declare no weapon formed against them shall prosper. Father, that you give them uh, even an increased grace during this time. And Father, we thank you for favor before the judge and the cases that they have right now. We pray for that Esther turnaround decree, Father, to give uh, relief to the, um, the military, Father, and to turn this oppressive uh, mandate mandates around in Jesus' name. Father, we trust in you. Father, as we see everything shaking, we just cry out to you, Father. We know that you are still on the throne, Father. We thank you, Father, that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world, Father. And Father, that you are not through with America yet, Father. Have mercy upon our nation, Lord, that you would bring about the turnaround and protection for our rights, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your presence and your anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.